deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch! Ball game! The Indians have won the American League pennant! The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series! Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hello everybody, welcome back to Leading Off. This is Dan Kadar. Ryan Lewis, have you ever shotgunned a beer? No, I have not. Uh, I happen to kind of agree with Francisco Lindor, who's not much of a beer person. Uh, I'm more of a uh, old-fashioned or rum and coke guy myself. Um, so no, and I've especially never bitten through a can with my teeth. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's that's in your arsenal of drinking habits, um, but it's definitely not in mine. That's that's way beyond me. Well, at my mid to late 30s, it's certainly not in my drinking arsenal. And quite frankly, nor has it ever been. And of course, if anybody doesn't know, we are talking about uh, Baker Mayfield, the Browns quarterback who just destroyed a beer uh, during the Indians-Angels series. And then the Indians went on to score five runs the inning that he did it. So, um, But that, that's not what we're here to talk about today on Leading Off. I just thought it would be fun to to ask Ryan about his drinking habits. Today we are going to talk a little bit about two of the Indians' young pitchers, Shane Bieber, who is an all-star, and Aaron Savali, who in two starts has looked pretty good. So we're going to talk about them. And since we recorded, Ryan, of course, the Indians pulled off the blockbuster of the season, really. In baseball, they made the big trade. They traded Trevor Bauer for Fran Miel Reyes and Yasiel Puig and some, some other pieces and parts that, that we're probably going to see at some point. So um, let, let's start with, with that. We're not going to go over the trade because it happened some time ago, but what it did was it really beefed up the Indians lineup, I think. So now you have Yasiel Puig batting fourth. So let's push Jason Kipnis down into a more appropriate place, I would say, in the lineup. They, they started with Fran Miel Reyes in, what, six or, yeah, six, and now they pushed him down because he's gotten off to kind of a slow start in Cleveland. But what do you think of how those two are, are building out this Indians lineup, which all year people have said the Indians got to get better and better on offense? Well, I mean, kind of like we talked about all season, the Indians had two major issues with their lineup. The first was that for much of this season, They've effectively been playing while having to rely on three hitters to produce a pretty large percentage of their offense, that being Lindor, Mercado, and Santana, who've been hitting one, two, and three. Uh, the other issue that they've had is that it's been, it's been far too lefty-heavy, and you know, the Indians have known that they, they were going to run into some platoon issues. They weren't going to have the, the platoon advantage quite as much as, uh, you know, the as, as they've had the past several seasons. And so those two things were kind of going to leave them somewhat vulnerable. And while the starting rotation has dealt with everything that, you know, those four or five guys have, have dealt with, um, it's, it, it created some serious issues. And this trade um, didn't just address those issues, it completely corrected them. Getting both of those guys didn't just 
add a righty and, and add a little bit of length. They've they've it really, in, in a large way, transformed how this lineup looks. And, and you've added two right-handed hitters to completely offset the platoon issues that they've had in the past. Um, and, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, Jason Kimnitz has had a, a quality last couple of weeks. Um, he, he's had a, some hot streaks this year. He's had some cold streaks this year. But when he's had to have, have to hit at the, in the cleanup spot, it's just it's never going to be an ideal situation. So he's been bumped down to seventh. Um, and Reyes has gone off to a slow start. Uh, you know, Tito talked today just about how some guys joining a new team said he's trying to hit the ball 340 feet. Tito said he's, you know, essentially trying to hit it a mile. He's trying to absolutely just obliterate everything. Uh, you know, teams have talked about how in the past, once once guys get that, you know, that first quality inning, that first home run, uh, first big hit, whatever, first nice play in the field, some guys, you know, sometimes they can tend to sort of relax guys and they've, they've not contributed to this new team. They're not trying to worry about that. Um, so, you know, hasn't been the, the, the best of stars, but in terms of how this lineup looks on paper, um, not only this year, but, but going forward, um, you know, adding just Reyes, at least, uh, as a long-term piece, really corrects a lot of the issues that the Indians have had. And Puig is off to a nice start. Uh, you know, Tito uh, also talked yesterday about how the, uh, you know, the, the mood in, in the dugout has been tremendous. He said it, it, was, it was like a high school dugout last night uh, during their they're one nothing lost to the Rangers. Um, so they this deal really checked every box that, that the Indians were looking for. Uh, it, it addressed the issues with the lineup. It at least with Reyes, uh, you know, added a, a long term piece that will be uh, cost effective. It will be club controlled. Um, and and they also meanwhile dealt Bauer to the National League, which was another issue. If you if you deal Trevor Bauer to the Astros, that's that's a problem. If you deal the uh, if you do Trevor Bauer to the Yankees, that's a problem. Now, the Astros went out and got Zach Ranky anyway, so that's essentially a, a moot point there. Um, but for the Indians, this was the quality deal um, that they were looking for, and, and entered in these two guys shortly after Jose Ramirez started to, to heat up um, has just completely lengthened this lineup to the, de- to the degree that you kind of need. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to be able to rely on three or four guys uh, in October to just carry you. That can happen. But you can't rely on that, and there's there's a, a difference there. Uh, you know, Roberto Perez has you know been much improved offensively, and Jordan Lupo and Tyler Naquin, uh, at least on paper, uh, for the last couple of weeks have, have kind of made a, a nice platoon. Uh, Luplo is headed to the IO with a right hamstring strain, uh, so that will be temporarily disrupted. Um, but all of a sudden, they just have a lineup that closely, not well, not closely, but closer mirrors kind of the the aspect that they've had for the last couple of years, which is not really giving pitchers a break. And that's something that they couldn't say before. So in, in that way, you know, this trade did leave a hole in the starting rotation, but it also addressed their issues in a pretty major way. Yeah, it really does. And look, like I, like I said, Ray has got moved down some, and who cares? I mean, he's off to a slow start. Baseball's about routines. He's getting adjusted to a new routine of just basically being a DH instead of an outfielder. Um, but Puig is, is the real intriguing one for me right now, Ryan, because, boy, he's just a plug-and-go guy in, in right field, hitting fourth, and he's just going to do what he does. I mean, I don't want to say he's a sure thing because he's not one of the game's best players at this point, but he's just a, a, 
a guy that they exactly needed and they managed to to get it in a trade that was not to be a homer about this an amazing job of of doing exactly what the indians needed like if we wrote down the perfect trade for the indians and what they what they would do in it who they would trade to who they would get the whole thing it, it was a master stroke by the indians front office and it you know, you you can be a cynic and say, God, imagine what these guys would do if they had a bunch of money too on top of it. But the way they they constructed this trade and the way it could help this team is is pretty crazy. And then their drafting history has been a, a hot button this week, where everybody's pointing back to the 2016 draft for the Indians, where they got Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, they got uh, Plesac in that. Uh, draft, and they got a guy that they traded for Oscar Mercado. So it, it's a it's a very good front office in Cleveland. So let, let's talk about those two pitchers I did mention at the top there, Bieber and Savali. Boy, Bieber, your headline here, I'm just going to read it, Indians Bieber looking like a Kluber clone. That threw me for a loop at first, I got to be honest. But I think it's spot on after reading your story. Um... How Shane, on, on how Corey Kluber is kind of the the standard bearer that the Indians kind of measure their starting pitchers against. Um, it was a really good story, a really good read. Um, what, what do you think about Bieber? Now that we're you know we're beyond the All Star game, we're kind of back into the the normal swing of things, and he's looking like the best pitcher on this team right now. If you ask me, um, what are your latest thoughts on Shane Bieber? Well, he's you know somewhat quickly turned himself into absolutely one of the most valuable long-term assets within the organization, mm-hmm. and you could you could probably argue that he's one of the more valuable assets in in the league right now as a, a an all-star starting pitcher who only seems to be getting better and only seems to be growing. He's adjusted to the league. He adjusted several of his grips. He worked on his you know changeup, especially this offseason, and all of it has. You know, I kind of encapsulated into this tremendous season where he's just continued to grow, and he's he's still only 24 years old. And uh, you know, I mentioned manager Terry Francona the other day. Uh, something that he's sometimes careful to do um, in terms of comparing two guys, especially with someone with with a name like Corey Kluber, uh, he sometimes will kind of stray from that uh, due to connections that can be made or expectations that could, that can be put on guys. But he mentioned in some ways. There are some traits where Shane Bieber reminds them of Corey Kluber, and that's, you know, I think especially a compliment to Shane Bieber because Kluber didn't really break through until he was 28 years old. Shane Bieber's only 24 and won't be, you know, won't be Kluber's age when, when he reaches that stage until 2023, and he's under club control through 2024. Uh, so Shane Bieber is right at the forefront of everything the Indians are going to want to do for the next several seasons, um, which is pretty amazing considering he started this year as a as a really strong number five, but still the number five starting pitcher in the rotation and someone that on opening day, if you were to go through, uh, you know, how their postseason rotation might look or how pitchers may be used uh, in a postseason series, you don't, you're not going to use five starters. Um, and a lot of times you, you may not use four if it's a five-game series. Um, but Shane has, has really put himself right in the middle of everything the Indians are, are going to want to do for quite some time. Um, it's, it's really allowed them, you know, and afforded them the chance to 
to kind of build and and really perfect the kind of this view that they're looking for, which is try to win now, try to allocate resources for 2019, which they did, while also setting themselves up in a better position to to fit all the pieces that they want to within their payroll structure for 2020, uh, 2021, on and on and on. You know, Shane Bieber's right in the middle of that. And, and um, you know, Carlos Crasco is still dealing with a, a very delicate situation. There's There's really no timetable at all or any idea of when he might be able to return, if it's going to be this year, is still a, a major question. Corey Kluber is progressing. Uh, the Indians will likely be, uh, you know, spending several weeks, uh, you know, once he's able to build his volume up, uh, hoping that he can round into form uh, in time to either help with with this uh, division race or wildcard race or in a postseason series. And then after Kluber, uh, you know, you've got Bieber and Clevenger who will certainly line up right behind them and. Um, you know, it's, it's testament to, to the Indian system, how, how they've developed pitchers. And, uh, you know, the depth has been improved with Bieber, especially, uh, has taken a, a giant leap forward and now stands as, as one of the, really the, the hallmarks of this organization. Mm-hmm. And Savali, real quick, he's been interesting because he's, you know, he's started two games now for the Indians. And I don't want to say he's, in the long-term plans this season, but he certainly is going forward. Um, so what, what is your first impression of him? And is he a guy, if um, if things don't go right with Kluber and or Carrasco, is he a guy that this team can rely on? Or is he just a no-one-knows-him-yet kind of pitcher? Yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's a sample size um, to, to kind of go that direction yet. Um, he has looked great in two starts, um, but it's you know it's it's two starts. It, it, you know, uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez also had a tremendous start mm-hmm. um, along those lines, and then teams adjust or uh, you know a, a pitch might be off on a certain day, and it, it kind of derails an outing. Um, but the the element that's that's interesting is at least compared to opening day, where the Indians went into the season with this this one through five that. On paper, if healthy, all, all the qualifiers look like it, it was a the best rotation in baseball, and b potentially one of the better rotations of the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, obviously, that has been completely derailed. But the issue beyond those five, after that 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 positivity, was that there wasn't necessarily a lot of of known depth or even really like optimistic depth. Uh, Plucko has dealt with an injury early on. Danny Salazar was and continues to be a total question mark. I'm not sure the Indians can really count on anything from him moving forward. Um, it was a pretty, um, you know, pretty tough blow for him to to wait nearly two years to get back to the mound, and then immediately his fastball is nowhere near where where it needs to be. That baseball savant had issues, uh, you know, IDing pitches because it thought surely that can't be a fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so early in the year, there just there, there were a lot of question marks, and, and and there still are because the track records haven't really been established yet. But the view of the Indian starting pitchers in terms of options number six, seven, eight, nine, ten, after the five, there's there's at least so much more optimism there, or, or uh, not necessarily promise, but um, you know maybe some potential due to what Zach Plesac has shown. Due to what Aaron Savali has shown, uh, Yaffe Rodriguez before he got hurt, uh, at least established himself as, as a, 
a potential option in terms of depth. Um, and then, you know, even if you can't count on, on Salazar, you, you have all of those guys, plus um, Adam Plucko as a guy who at times has been, uh, you know, has been able to give them quality starts. He's, he's always having his, his schedule and, and, and his, his routine messed with, which is not an easy thing to handle. Uh, but he's handled that pretty well. And then Dean has also acquired Logan Allen, uh, who's within the top 100 prospects in baseball. And going back to the Bauer trade, that's one of the most interesting aspects of all this is that if Logan Allen ends up being a, a real option for them in the rotation and they're able to get several seasons of, of quality pitching out of him, just in value compared to paying Trevor Bauer for one more year next year or just Logan Allen. Mm-hmm. If Allen progresses, the trade becomes a total grand slam for the Indians. Uh, if you know if Allen and Reyes and potentially the two lower level prospects, if those guys end up making serious contributions for four or five, six years, it's a huge win for them. So, in terms of Plesak, Savali, Plutko, Rodriguez, Allen, you have some some real some additional optimism, I guess, beyond what where the Indians were on opening day, and they're still having to. Uh, you know, acquire more information. They need a bigger sample size. Things can go south pretty quickly. Uh, but it's certainly in a better standing than it was a couple months ago. Mm. Well said. Um, we're going to go a little short this week. So, Ryan, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I think we're good. Although, I may be here for for, a, for a quite a while. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh, there's a very, very dark cloud that seems to be hanging like six feet above the stadium so we'll see if they get their game in but we will let's, see let's get out of here in case there's an update and there there is a dark cloud coming up on the indian schedule which we'll be in the midst oh. of next time we record the indians start a four game road series with the minnesota twins on thursday and that is going to be pretty telling of where this season's going for the indians so we will get into that surely next week, and then the Indians are got one against the Red Sox, and then the Yankees come up right after that. So this that this is the big hard meat of the schedule that we've been kind of hinting at, like Thanos at the end of an Avengers movie uh, for months now. It's here. Um, August so, is inevitable. Yes, we will see if the but, Indians are part of the end game of the baseball season in 2019. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) (laughs) And we will talk to you next time.